1: Welcome to the Cardiff Central Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first ever Cardiff Central Podcast with me, Lee G, and my two co-hosts are and Karin. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you both? Evening, Lee. Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good man. You okay, car Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. All good. Good, good, good. So this is all brand new. This is all kind of fresh and 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 lovely. So we thought it was only fair that Cardiff had its own um, uh, podcast to talk about all things Cardiff, and and that is really the aim of what we're doing with this is to it's part of the rap family so if you've ever listened to the rap podcast you'll know that we dick around a lot on on that one so I'm I'm sure this is just going to be 100% professional and straight down the line and you know there's going to be none of that malarkey stuff here (laughs) you (laughs) guys um so yeah, just so you know, it's it's about getting fans involved. The, the the whole point of the the rap family is is taking the fans' point of view and putting the fans' podcast uh, out there. So uh, do get involved. You'll see us on social media, all of that kind of stuff being set up now. And yeah, come and have a chat, particularly if you're um, involved in Cardiff, if you're a coach, a player, whatever come and have a chat because uh, the more uh, important voices, I say important voices, people that know what they're talking about. That's what I'm we don't have a, who yeah, know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. This is, and that's, that's <laughs> like saying that coaches do know what they're talking about. And that's just as 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 equally the other way, really. But yeah, it, it's about getting many people involved. So we'll just do a couple of introductions before we crack on with the rugby stuff. So, um, I'm Lee G uh, uh, for those that listen to the rap podcast uh, you will have heard me on there and I am a Scarlet supporter so I'll put my hands up to that now so I'm here just to kind of get the guys started and get them comfortable and then when when I start winding Blues fans up I should sort of dig that one in this right at the start boys <laughs> when I start winding Cardiff fans up I will disappear into the background guys and just because it should be for Cardiff supporters, and I just do the uh, editing stuff in the background. Um, because there's nothing worse than having a, a Scarlet supporter on a Cardiff pod, it just doesn't feel right. to it just. It's just not, I, I would never invite an Osprey supporter <laughs> onto my Scarlet's pod. So, unless I was in control of the mute button, put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I run a couple of pods and. Uh, do the social media for and all that kind of stuff. But yes, I I did actually I have got a Cardiff connection. I went to university in Cardiff. I I did watch a couple of games. I watch. I made the mistake of watching Cardiff Newport, uh, down at the Arms Park. That was the first game I went to see, and um, it nearly scared me off the game for life. <laughs> I was I was right down the front. And There was a ruck and I remember seeing Hemi Taylor getting caught at the bottom of a ruck and his shirt just getting ripped to bits with Newport studs and I'm just like, oh. Um, so, yeah. So, I have kind of got a Cardiff connection but nowhere near what you guys have. So, um, Alex, give us a little bit about yourself, mate, and and why you love Cardiff. All right, Lee. First
0: of all, thanks for having me on here. Uh, it's Am I here? Why do I love Cardiff? Uh, I grew up in Telford, which is in Shropshire. Um, for those of you who don't know, which is probably most of the people listening, if you draw a line between Birmingham and Wrexham, it's about halfway in the middle uh, on the English side of the border. Um, but I grew up in a Welsh household. Uh, rugby mad from a young age. Um, the closest club to us here uh, would be Sale uh, now, but back when I was growing up, it probably would have been Leicester. Um, my dad's from Cardiff. Uh, my mum's from Ernest Bull. Um, so I grew up uh, indoctrinated early by my dad. Um, then grew up with the club, watching uh, as a child and as a teenager when we became the Blues. Um, at the age of eighteen, I then went to Cardiff Uni when we Cardiff was sort of at its peak. I know you're going to say leave, but we did have a peak um, <laughs> around when we were, uh, won the first Challenge Cup and then the the Heineken Cup semi final against Leicester. Um, uh, yeah, and so from since then, I've really been sort of um, fanatical about it, really, I suppose. Uh, after uni, I joined the military, so I kind of bounced around a little bit um, around the south coast of England. Um, so not been to as many games as I would have liked to. Um, but yeah, out now, out and about, so um, keen to get back involved. And that's why I, kind of why I volunteered to do this, really, um, just try and get back in touch with people. because um, i got uh, a few mates up here, but they're all into soccer, Um there's only so much I can talk to my dog about what Cardiff have been up to recently. <laughs> uh, she, she never argues with me, so I want to know if my opinions are any good, or you know, if I'm just waffling. So,
1: so does your dog hide behind the sofa if you're watching a Cardiff game? Because that's that's, uh, yeah. that's where mine go. Yeah.
0: Uh say Cardiff in Wales. I'm very. I'm a tense watcher. I'm a. I'm. I'm a jumper. I jump up. I'll sit at the edge of my seat, and I'm jumping up, and. Uh, the dog's going ballistic when it happens, you know, if I'm clapping mm. or whatever. Um, you know, they don't know what's going on, basically. It's like fireworks gone off. It's, uh, but, yeah.
1: I, I know the feeling. I may, I'm exactly the same. And so I've got two dogs, and they both hide. I've had to block off behind the sofa, but um, they, they, so they try and hide under the table. or They'll find somewhere to hide, especially if we're getting hammered. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, i think that's the issue they, they they haven't experienced the joy enough they've only experienced the, the frustration so uh, uh, out of interest what did you do at uni oh, So i did business uh, kind of i at did
0: uni. um i did biology
1: oh that's a proper one that is that's like uh, white I coats and goggles
0: i don't really think it through i just kind of picked the best the a level i was best at um and then never used it again. So uh, you probably use business more than I've used biology. So if I could do it again, I'd do I'd do something like business, to be honest. But um, I enjoy it. I had a great time at uni. Um I yeah. absolutely love the uni. I love Cardiff as a city. You know, I spent a lot of time there growing up. So um, I'd go back there, but I wouldn't do biology again, I think.
1: So what was the nightclub of choice when you were there? So obviously there was the terminal, but then the nightclub of choice was?
0: Uh, I think it was um, Glam, I seem to think. Oh god. Uh, that
1: brings back bad memories.
0: Yeah, it was uh um, bad, bad it took, memories. It took me about two and a half years to realise it was bright pink on the inside because in the dark you can't see. Um it's horrible. And place. uh I accidentally wandered into they were filming. Do you remember that two uh, the valleys? It was like yeah. Geordie Shore. I accidentally wandered yeah. I wandered into a scene of that once. Uh <laughs> filming in there, I got shouted at by the producer, so um it was probably that.
1: Uh see so yeah, that that's after my mine my, my was um Zeus was um which I think has probably been rebranded now because oh, yeah. that, that was
0: that was long gone. Well <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Glam's, Glam's <laughs> gone a... since isn't it so yeah uh,
1: so prison prison was my
2: was mine of choice but um even that I don't think it's is as popular as it was. It's the <laughs> disco room that used to be popular back when I was in uni, but make of that what you will
1: um <laughs> So tell us about yourself, then, Carl, and what's, what's your connection with, with Cardiff and and your nightclub of choice in, in Cardiff back then and now? Then,
2: well, back now, I think uh, <laughs> nightclub of choice is my own bed, to be honest. I don't think I've invented in a nightclub in a few years, and I'm sure anyone that's seen me on dance was very thankful of that. Um, no, I'm Cardiff I'm kind of born and bred, so um, uh, not that that makes me more or less of a Cardiff fan, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I was born in Cardiff, went to Union Cardiff, very unimaginatively did music actually as my undergrad and then uh, recently finished a postgrad in uh, broadcast journalism at the journalism school, which is, um, yeah, highly recommended to anyone that's listening <laughs> and I wants to do that. Uh, but Yes, um, don't have the accent, the, car- the Cardiff accent, which is a combination of living at, in Thornhill and... and uh, King coins to make of that what you will, um, but yeah, been to Cardiff Games obviously. Been as a fan, been been as a been working at Cardiff Games if that's a if that's a thing, which is basically watching sport and talking about sport. So essentially, what we do, <laughs> I think. Mm. Yeah, you know, mm. uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about this new season. Before you know, before we get onto it, because Cardiff, obviously, best of the best of the Welsh regions. I was nearly about to say best of the rest, then, but after last season with so many players leaving and quite a lot of promising talent coming in. Maybe not the signings, but I'm sure we'll get into that as uh, we carry on going.
1: So let's talk about last season first then. So obviously finishing top, everything came down to that uh, top Welsh region. Um, almost best of a bad bunch given the, 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 the season that Welsh rugby as a whole had last year. Um, what did you make of, of last season and, and you know, how it happened and how how it finished and all that kind of stuff? Alid, what did you make of it?
0: Uh, yeah, so overall, I really enjoyed the season. Um, I think, you know, we had a really strong start and at one point we were up at sixth, I think. I don't know if we ever got to fifth, but we were... At one point, I was thought, oh, my God, we're actually going to maybe get into the playoffs here, which... Um, um, I actually looked at the, the the Wikipedia records there. We've not um, won more games than we've lost uh, or equal since about 2018. So for a point I thought, oh, this is going to be an absolute storming season. Then uh, really struggled during the festive bit. Uh, a few of the festive derbies we really struggled with. And kind of from there, I think the off-field stuff really took hold of Welsh Rugby generally, obviously in Cardiff anyway. Um it didn't then help that some of the other teams were had really good periods from January through to the end of the season. So, I mean, it accumulated with um, an interesting day at Judgment Day anyway, um, which is always good to get a, a win, mm-hmm. even though it's an away game. Um, I actually walked past my season ticket seat to get to my Judgment Day seat, so I don't think <laughs> we can claim that as an away. Um, and then it was the day before Judgment Day, the uh, the announcement that the Young had been suspended. I think after that it probably turned into the worst month or two I've ever known from, uh, from as being a Cardiff fan it was just absolutely uh, hit after hit really in terms of um, just different things coming out really and, and I think it was very difficult for the club to uh, get on top of it because um, you understand legally there's only so much you can say in that sort of situation um, but hopefully there's some lessons to be learnt for the future obviously hopefully it never happened again but um you kind of ruined the season overall, really. You know, as I said, we it, it, even despite that, it had in terms of rugby, it had been our best season for a long time, or at least equal to season with a, a long time. I suppose that possibly sums up where rugby in Wales is at the moment. I think there's probably quite a few fans that weren't particularly happy with the season overall. Um, yeah, so it's uh. It's a difficult end, really. Um, I, was, I was happy that we got the uh, Champions Cup place. I think, even though that's going to be difficult this year, um, it's good to see us back, back at the sort of top table, if you like. Um, and yeah, I think considering, maybe maybe Cowan would have disagreed. Considering how uh, hard or how deflated we all felt at the season, the fact that we were still the best of the Welsh teams, I think probably says as much about the whole state of wherever Greenwell's as much as it does about us, perhaps?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with you there, actually. Um, I wanted to disagree. <laughs> but, uh, no, I have to agree. The, the situation... You know, Scarlett's had that great, as Lee will well know, that great January period to so about March, and then it looked like they might go really far in the Challenge Cup, had that collapse against Glasgow, which I'm going to mention straight off the bat. Um, but... Cardiff themselves, it was a bit as Cardiff have been for probably the last four, five seasons, hit, then excruciating miss. I think that's, that's a fair summation. You know, you have your, for every great length of field Thomas Young try, you've got a missed tackle or a scrum collapse that leads to a penalty try underneath your sticks. And I think that's, that seems to be Cardiff's way, but, um, hopefully they get out the cycle or we, you know, so I've got to take my uh, impartial hat off there. We get out of the cycle <laughs> and find a way of stringing together a set of performances, not even results, a set of performances that are just consistent because last season, as mentioned, you've got Thomas Young, you've got Jared Evans performing out of his skin at times. You've got Thomas Williams performing that expert, Joss Adams scoring for fun at times but then the same old problems. I think that's the frustration. I don't know if Alan agrees, but the frustration watching Cardiff every week of a driving more penalty and then another driving more penalty, then a penalty try and then a yellow card and then you're down to 14 men and they score another try. And it's just, that happens every single week, it seems. Um, But yeah, that's the final season. Sorry, the final game of the season, I should say. What a way to end it. But it seemed very out of what is expected. Personally watching that, I expected Ospreys to walk that game. Don't know if I had felt the same. I thought Ospreys were coming in with all the form and then all of a sudden Cardiff just yeah. ran away with it. Yeah, um, definitely. I
0: was uh, I was actually shocked walking away. I was, well not it's like they when they're playing well they they play well and they're a good team, but it's, it's very boom and bust. And you yeah. think you're very you're expecting that bust uh, more often than you're not, I think, which um especially as you know, on paper, Osprey's have got a very strong side, um, especially for that game. Uh, so you think, well, there's a lot on the line. Um, I was actually surprised by how yeah, easy they made it look almost. I wasn't expecting that scoreline. Um,
2: no. I think one of the big talking points, I mentioned him about three times in this already, but Thomas Young, how on earth can you have a performance like that in your final game? What is meant to be the sort of decider for Wales, Warren Gatland squad and not being hmm. included in the outer squad? I, not even I, I, whether or not he should be in the final 33, you know, Jack Morgan, Tommy Rafael, Basham, all great players, don't get me wrong. But how do you not be included in the wider squad Is it baffles me, and I know it mm. should baffle several players, Ross Murray included
1: as well. Mm. And uh, to be honest, that confused everyone, not just Cardiff fans, because, uh, you know, as, a, as an out and out seven, you want somebody that jackals. Has got an engine that just goes forever, and when he's got the ball, we'll we'll light up the field. And Thomas Young ticks all those boxes, yeah. and you just like and, and like you say, not even to be in the, the wider training squad. Do you think well what else has he got to do? Has he got to grow another two feet? Because I don't think that's gonna happen. I think I think he's done with his growing upwards period. Do you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. I don't see what else the guy's gonna do. To get himself into that position, I somewhat get the
2: not a Gatman Gatlin player line. I do somewhat get that, but if you're if you're Gatland and you're going off performance against Italy in what was it, fifteen changes three years ago, hmm. or four years ago back in twenty nineteen, where okay Thomas had actually had a decent game to be fair was one of the bright sparks in a team that had that many changes. How, how can you make a judgment on a player and not include him for that? You know, that seems to be by the by with several change several decisions in that squad. And well, I don't know if Alad wants to touch on the Reese Carry scenario, but that's another thing entirely, isn't
0: it? As you said, I think the, the WIU have to do what's kind of right by them and what they see. So if, if if they call them up to the squad and then they're um not making whatever targets the WIU has set them. Um I thought the way they announced it was pretty awful to be fair. Um I think going back to the Thomas Young, um, it doesn't help that we've just got a lot of back row talent in Wales at the moment. And it's a similar story to, maybe not at the same level, but when Sam Warburton was being selected and you had Tipperick um, being closed out, is if, if Gatlin's identified Jack Morgan as the captain, um, that will bring more than just being an out-and-out out seven, I guess. Um, mm. So it's difficult when, when, you know, got loads of... Um, but there's loads of players that I think we could all vouch for that we would have probably put in the squad that haven't made it, sort of thing. Uh, yeah.
1: So be, difficult choices. Yeah. That's where
0: that's why he gets paid the money he gets paid, I suppose. And...
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's a whole different podcast on it on its own. How much does Gatlin get paid and what for? <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid that one for the minute. So. I a says, minute. <laughs> <laughs> that was slightly yeah. foreboding. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, season ended on a high and on a low. With uh, you know, so you got the Dai Young stuff, and then you've got you know top region and all of that, and then you've got this whole off-season period where you've got things like obviously Peter Thomas, and uh, a glut of players leaving, rumours about everybody else. And now you've got kind of new money coming in and a couple of signings being made. So you know what have you made of off season? It's been like a, a little bit like a soap opera at times. But you know, Carwin, what, what have you made of the off season that Car- uh, Cardiff have had?
2: Um, I think I think it goes back further. To be honest, you know, yes, the W I U, but also Gate if we want to call it that. I think that that started showing there was serious problems with the club. Um, it's very difficult to, you know, I can't, I can't point fingers of who it was and et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure all three of us have got our sources of who they were. Um, but then you go into the, the scenario with Dai Young as well. He's then left under a cloud, but also being cleared. It's, it's a really weird scenario where he's, you know, I bumped into some of his coaching staff the other day and they're on guarding leave, Helping out here, there, and everywhere, and you've also got the really sad passing of Peter Thomas. And you know, let's put it in context. This is the most serious one of of those three scenarios. And his passing obviously has been so crucial to the club in decades. And to see his continued influence on the club, you know, I I know there was backing, financial backing to the club, continuing after his passing that just shows how important he's been to the club as well and how much the club mattered to him, that it was actually written into, uh, I'm not sure if it was contracts or wills, but it was written into so many things that it was important to him that the club stayed financially viable post um, post his passing. Um, Really, yeah, soap opera is the word. You've got everything. And then I think... If you look at the other regions, obviously Dragons with their new money, they've got players coming in. Scarlets have got a couple of big name signings. I think that's fair to say. Uh, Ospreys they haven't, don't. Well, they, we've never had a release list from the Ospreys, so I don't know <laughs> what's going on there. Uh. And then Cardiff seems to have been gutted. You've mm. you've lost was it two hookers? You've lost um, one or two two tight head props. You initially lost two centres. The ones come back. I'm sure we'll come on that. Fly half, who was meant to be the past, the present, the future. So if you compare them to the other regions, I think that's the one thing you'd look at as a Cardiff fan, I think, with a bit of trepidation, to be honest, is, is all the players that have been lost. Hmm. So, I, to-
1: yeah, Ali with, with all those players lost and a couple of players coming in and then going into top flight of Europe, I mean, how squeaky bum is it already? Before you even start the season, how nervous as a as a Cardiff supporter looking at that season? Uh, well, I think,
0: in a way, I think um, not that nervous really. I know it' weird to say. I don't think there's any pressure on us. Um, you know, I think looking at a lot of the comments um, from certain fans of other teams in our group, um, we're we're the whipping boys. So I don't think. Um, there's really any pressure because I don't think many people are going to be expecting us to perform. I think despite that all the players we've lost um, if one or two of those signings can come in and perform and click um, I think we'll still have you know I'm, I'm optimistic we'll still have a, a competitive 15. I don't think we're going to be um, worrying the likes of of Toulouse or anything like that but um, I think there's, there's potential for an upset in the side Um but yeah, I think because of the the sheer amount of turmoil they've had over the the off season, and it it's almost like the perfect storm. It's literally all the players, most of the coaches, um, the president. Um, you know, it's just if you if you wanted to write a script where you had a sports team and literally the worst of every single aspect could have happened, mm-hmm. um, apart from going into administration, I think. Um, that, you know that would have been the only next step, really, to take. Um, so yeah, in terms of going into the, the new season, um, we will just kind of see where we go. Really, it yes. um, could go well, could go quite badly. Um, I, I don't know how much pressure there actually is. Um, maybe I think I think possibly people have got quite low expectations this year. Maybe I don't know if everyone would agree on that. Um, kind of. Then tempered with actually possibly quite high hopes, but uh, it's so up in the air. We won't know until that first the first game or two.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's a weird one with Cardiff though. It, you look at certain positions and they're stacked. That back row, Alex. You know, I think Alex Mann might make his debut this season, or if, I can't remember he has had a couple of appearances in various cups. But you know, Wales in twenties captain, and he's third third choice flank, third fourth choice flanker behind three internationals. That's it. That's a great start. You've still got Falautau. You've got Beerus. I think Ratty is a loss, but then you've still got brilliant wings: Josh, uh, Cabango, Owen Lane. I really like Summer Hill as well. Those are those are quality operators. But then you've got your key positions where, yeah, fly half is probably one which maybe we'll touch on when we get into signings. But that seems to be a, a bit of a open ended slot? I don't know if Alan's got a, or, or Lee have a thought on that, but um, is Ben really the option at 10? I didn't mean to rhyme that. I'm really sorry. <laughs> 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 I also well, that the, a TV show, isn't yeah. it? A TV show, Ben 10. Um, but that's, I think, is he really ready to take those shoes?
1: Hmm. Well, let, let's talk about the, the new sign-ins then, because like you say, two new sign-ins at 10. Um neither of them uh but not unproven but from lower standard or lower hmm. graded rugby and then like you say and another guy that's I think he played center mainly last year didn't yeah. he? Montana? yeah yeah so yeah does that make you guys you know you've got three, you've essentially got some really good competition. 'Cause you've got three guys all going for that, that spot and that should make everybody better. But then, you know, nobody there to really stamp their authority on it. So Aled, what 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 do you make of of the outside half conundrum in particular?
0: Yeah, I think I mean in, in a lot of ways, without being too dramatic, the whole season really depends on what happens there. You know, if if Tynus de Beer walks in and makes that step up and and you know makes a push for potentially the squad and you know says right I'm going to use this as my opportunity um you know we could be in for a great season if he if he can bridge that gap um hopefully take us with him if he if he struggles then you know it's going to be a long year I think I think it, it will pretty much boil down to obviously that position but then you know there's a couple of others where They're very light. And if if there's a couple of injuries or um, international call-ups, you then suddenly... There's there's a point in time where you're looking at the team sheets, going, are we actually going to be able to field a squad here? Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously there's going to be a a lot of step-ups for a lot of people. Um, You know, a lot of um, some of the academy players, the senior academy players. So you mentioned Cabango. I really like him. Um, And hopefully it's... Problem is you you can't just say sink or swim. I don't think that's you can't just throw. You need you need the game time. You need to develop players in a more managed way. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, a, a fly half is. I think it's literally if 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 De Beer comes in and he's good, then we might be all right. And if he's not good, or he's not not that he's not good, he's you know struggles with the step up. Um, I'm a bit more optimistic about that because I don't think the gap between Curry Cup and URC is as great as some of the other step ups would be. Um, yeah. you was know, it Cheetahs? They, they play in the Curry Cup and they played in the Challenge Cup, and they, you know, it's it's a step up, but it's not like you would be going from, uh, say the, the Welsh Premiership or the English Championship into the URC, which would be a, a bigger step up, I think.
2: Well, you mentioned English Championship step but That's Arwell's, Arwell Robson's route, isn't it? And, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: a couple of years ago, wasn't he, he was under-20s fly half. He looked like the next big thing. I haven't seen much of De so I'll, I'll speak on Adwell because I really liked him at under-20s, thought he was quality, thought he really looked like the next exciting prospect. Went to Dragons, and um, the, the the least glowing recommendation I can give is that he didn't make it at Dragons. And I, that may sound a bit harsh, but at a time when Sam Davis was – clearly becoming persona non ungrata there he couldn't make his way into that dragon side so he's then left to England and has now come back. Is he really the is he really gonna make a stamp for that first first name on the team sheet or well which I think should be the five half spot is the first name on the team sheet. I don't know if he will um I'd love to see it because I think he does have a lot of skill about him. Probably Will Reed is as a similar example of player if if you've seen the dragons play is that Wants to play. He does want to pass the ball around, kicking and things like that. Maybe not his forte, but he's he's an exciting prospect. It's just not so far worked for him. Maybe it does at Cardiff. And um, Can he fill Jared's shoes? That's going to be difficult for any player, I think. All I do, would agree. And it's yeah, a I big, think... big shoes for Phil for a small man, isn't it?
0: I mean, so many of our, our games last year was, you know, Jared was the playmaker and they all hinged on him basically, so um, yeah, we have to say it's, it's exciting, it's, it's, it's an opportunity, um, yeah, and that's I think that's the way you have to look at it. I think that's it's it's an opportunity for some of the players, some of the coaches. It's, as I said before, it's the perfect storm because normally you have a shake up in the squad or a shake up in the coaching staff. You rarely get it where um, you lose so many in both, and then you're trying to come together and. Um, Former, former team and former squad and go from there.
2: Do you agree there seems to be a bit of lack of forethought in some of them, though? Like Lilo leaves, then comes back. Harry Millard, likewise, leaves and comes back. And either that's lack of financial planning or that's thinking there are people in the market that aren't there. Because uh, potentially.
0: I think it was, from what I gather, um, I think we had contracted Liam Williams and Josh Adams and Falatau at the rate that the WOU had set for the line salary band. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when we had all three, I think that's the three lines, um, we basically, that was the budget then. Um, so, then once Liam Williams signed for the Japanese club, which is the name I can't remember, um, then, you know, they obviously freed up some in the budget. But I think that they said a while, that the strategy was basically. Wait until September, where people hadn't signed for clubs yet, and then try and sweep up some deals um, from the market. Which, as you said, it's um, whether that's financial planning or they just haven't got any money, it's in the budget left, you know, it's difficult to tell really.
2: Yeah, I remember back in the Judgment Day press asking that question to, to um, Guy Young. Obviously, now he's moved on, but he said at the time that it would be a really bad scenario if they were in September looking, still looking for players. Yeah. So yes, this later season has allowed for it, but is that, you know, are these players going to learn systems, etc. And, you know, still, I think there's a question mark over Halla-Hala. I One hell of a player, when he gets it right, can, did a couple of times last season, get it horribly wrong f- f- a few times last season, but it's when it's a huge call to leave him out if you're not going to, you know, as a free free agent, he is at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it just I,
0: spent, like just depends what um, what sort of wiggle room they've got in the budget. I know that'd it be mm. be popular with the fans. I know when they reannounced Lilo, I think everyone was chuffed yeah. especially as out centre we are light. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's, a, it's just a shame. You know, it's, it makes it sound like you're trying to get rid of these players, which isn't the way. You know, um, yeah, I was over the moon when they announced Liam Williams um, last season. Yeah, they announced three. It was Falatau, Thomas Young, and Liam Williams. Compare this year to last year, um, you know, that was a great off season. Um and it's a shame that, you know, Liam was injured when he did. We didn't see enough of him in the in blue and black. But um I think it's, we've just reached a point where you have to be pragmatic and if you run out of money, um there's not much you can really do there, is there? No.
1: Uh, Go on, do, Lee. You, do you think that you might have an opportunity now seeing Seeing what's happening at the World Cup, yeah, and and looking at players from, as in Portugal, Uruguay, you know, you know some of the some of the players that you might not necessarily have seen before, and then kind of going, do you know what? Might just be worth a punt. Do you know what I mean? Because you you'll get them at a really discounted rate, but they now they they're at a World Cup. They, they they've got a bit of something about them do you think anyone from the World Cup will come in um the positions I'd be worried about
2: from a Cardiff perspective no um and that's I'm thinking type five basically and that's particularly tight as you know you've lost our hip you've lost Dylan Lewis there's a huge losses and if we're looking for a, a player to come in there, I can't really see that coming from one of those nations at the moment. Portugal scrum wasn't that great. Uruguay's went really well against France, but then has disintegrated pretty epically today against Italy, or um, today as we're recording. Um, but the the other sides, then I'm looking at. It, it, there are definitely other positions, back rows. There've been plenty of good style performances from back rowers. they have been exciting. You know, Portugal have so many exciting backs. I'd be looking at. Mary in the centres. I'd be looking at um, of the winger whose name escapes me now. But um, when you look at some of the other countries, if we're talking to Georgia. Most of those are in Pro or you know or Tier One French top 14s. Top and um, well, that's where that's where the the Welsh sure. players are going. So we we, we can't have that sort of mm. financially, let alone tempt them away from what is at the moment, let's be honest, let's be honest and frank about it, a better product. dirt is approaching to be as good as, if not a better product than the URC. So why would they leave there to be co- to join Cardiff? And that's mm. that's a realistic problem, I think, that you have to look at. Um, I, t- I don't know if there's anyone that's caught, either of you or I, that you'd be signing a checkbook for. But for me, I think it's the players that I would sign a checkbook for are all already somewhere.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah um, I think that's fair. I think it's, uh, I mean, with the the signings we've made, I think it's pretty clear that they are trying to moneyball it a little bit, and look at players who are yeah. perhaps undervalued, but are in that framework where they can either be, they're either undeveloped, uh, they're either undervalued now, or they're a bit need a bit of little bit development, and they can step into um, a gap and then become the finished article where they are. Um, but as you said, if if there's you know, if if tomorrow um, there's a, a Namibian player, for example, who has a stormer, um, yeah, Cardiff can run over there with their checkbook. But then, as you say, the French and the English clubs will be doing the same as well. So, if we're if we're losing a lot of our players to um, English and French clubs, um, then they're they're just going to be running over there as well. If you know what I mean? As you said, if if our players are leaving to go to the 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 French D two, um, that's that's the that's the kind of step that they would take up as you said I think it'd be different if if we were playing really good rugby or yeah. you know in, in a, a sort of silverware contention but um, I don't think any of the realistically I don't think many of the the Welsh clubs are at the moment um, so to go somewhere where you're not going to win silverware or get paid or Maybe, it's you know, potentially not have the great, greatest experience. Um, yeah, It's a difficult ask, isn't it,
2: really? Hmm. I, I'm trying to... I've realised I've been really negative so far, so I'm going to try and find <laughs> some positive. <laughs> I, I mentioned Alex Mann as a positive. Yeah. There are plenty of other players that will see this season as a huge opportunity, can win it at full-back. Like, it's going to be huge for him. We've seen exactly what he can do at under-20s level. We've seen it against Toulouse. Don't forget in that. Where Cardiff had to play... What oh, was it? 14 youngsters and Dan Fish, it seemed like at times. So mm-hmm. there are plenty of great names. Evan Daniel at Hooker, that's gonna, he's, he's one hell of a talented player. I'm so excited to see him play regular rugby. And I don't think... I—I I, There is a sink or swim scenario, and I think that is fair to see. And as for some of these players, they are going to be thrown in the deep end. And I hope none of them get serious injuries because it's it's gonna be really difficult for them jumping up that huge gap between under twenties and academy level or premiership level to be playing full time URC week in, week out and then champions Cup on the back of it. But some of these players could surprise us. I think Cam it could have a brilliant season. I think is it Ethan Fackrell? is that the tight end? I, I think I think I'm right he's saying he's at Cardiff and he's he's one hell of a talented player. Um and Evan Daniel as well is another one I'd name check because uh, yeah, there's an opening there for him, on, at least on the bench, if not starting. And as far as hookers that can jackal a ball is, he's one of the best out there at that age great So very excited to see him. But whether or not there's a couple of Stardust players to bring in there as well, that'd be nice to see.
1: Hmm. I think I think the chances of Stardust players coming in is, I uh, say, oh. with everything that that's going on at the minute, it's it's. It's going to be quite difficult, but let's let's talk about the season that's coming. Let's talk about because the the URC is is what three four weeks away four weeks month yeah. pretty much month, month and a couple of days isn't
2: it twenty yeah twenty first is the first home game for Cardiff is that right yeah that's right yeah
1: yeah so that's going to come up really really fast <laughs> so what are you hoping for? And then what are you because ex- the two are going to be very very different. What are you hoping for in the season ahead? And then what are you actually expecting is going to happen in the season ahead? So, Ali, let's let's start with you. What what are the hopes? What are the expectations for for this year's URC season?
0: Uh, so I think you always have to try and look at what at the end of the year. What when you look back, what does a good season look like? I think last year I'd have probably said. Um, a good run in the Challenge Cup and top eight and the Welsh Shield. I'd say we got of those three, probably one and a half. Um you know, the, the game against Sale was good, but um still then got knocked out of the quarterfinals. So is that is that a challenge cup run or not? Um probably not. Well, ish, you know, I, I, it was a great night against Sale and then uh just there are only a, a game or two out of the top eight. Uh, um, Yeah. As I said, it was kind of from where we had been in the season, that was kind of disappointed. So I think we have to check our expectations a bit this year. Um, You know, I'd hope for if we could retain the Welsh shield, that'd be good. I think that after the, it seems like we, we, Cardiff have had a lot more of a disruptive off season than the other, the other, the other Welsh teams have. Um, So if we could uh, retain that, um, you know, that'd be quite good. And then realistically, if, if you could escape our pool in the champions cup, I think that would be, that'd be quite a big win. Um Cause as I said, I think many people are giving us credit for that or, or potential that that could happen. Um I think how the, how the pools are worked, I think it's pools of six or five and the top four out of the five progress or something like that. Um So, you know, but then I think maybe overall, if, as you said, if, if, if the results aren't going to come, at least some good performances. Um, I know I've walked I've walked away from so many games where you said, oh, well, yeah, we lost, but we played well. Um, and it gets a bit tiring. But I think this year, uh, we just need to be a bit more realistic and pragmatic and say, um, you know, if we pretty much have the same similar season, it's going to be a little bit worse, I'd say. But um, then bottom end of the expectations or hopes, I'd probably go with not last, maybe. Um, that might be a bit negative, but um, considering how disruptive and and tumultuous the off-season was, I think um, if we could just claim any kind of small win um, and finish above um, – okay, let's that's, that's really hope we don't finish bottom, but if we finish um, above any of the other sort of teams in our kind of bracket at the moment, I think that would probably be a win. Um, Is
2: that – is that not last overall or not last in the Welsh foot?
0: Uh well, a bit of both really. It. it depends what happens with the dragons, because they've been mm. they've been fighting out for the spoon with Zebra um for a lot of seasons. Um But yeah, I mean realistically, if we finish in a similar sort of position in the table to where we are, that after the after the three months we've had, I think that's that's quite a big win compared to I think if um have kind of like the stability, the Osprey Scouts and Dragons have had. If they finish in the same positions this year, that'll be that'll be quite bad for them, or, or quite negative compared to compared to us, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just hoping we, you know, we turn up and and the players, as long as they're playing well or playing with heart and passion and and commitment, um, I think everyone's kind of acknowledged that it's, it's we're in for a kind of rebuilding season and and. It's going to take a while to settle and learn the, the learn the systems and for the the coaches to kind of learn their way as well because the the coaches are stepping up as much as the players, um, in some ways. So, um, might be a net. Yeah, you know, I would say high hopes, realistic expectations. Um, I don't want to sound too negative, but um, I think if we just get those, get a passionate performance, and and you know at the end of the match if they if they look like they've wanted
1: to play for the shirt, then. Um, I'll be happy anyway. See, I I love the way that we started off so positive about how fantastic (laughs) it's going to be. And we went down to, as long as we're not bottom. (laughs) I do genuinely think if,
0: if, if some of the, if the, the players that we've kept, if they can step up into the kind of like that leadership role and provide a bit of stability and some of the new signings surprise perhaps some people or, or, or do make that step up, um, yeah, I think we could surprise people. Um, I'm optimistic. Um, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll go somewhere. So, Carwin, hopes and expectations, are they any different? Um, I'm going to start off with a few achievable
2: goals, I think, um, which is, one, no allegation of smashing up any pubs and clubs and restaurants. I think that's <laughs> that's a very achievable goal, I think. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, a, a very serious goal. I, I, we joke about it, but it, it's you know, it was serious, this allegation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's step one. I think wherever the finish point is at the end of the season has to be better than the start, because I'm expecting these young players to take a bit of time to get going. So, so long as there's that progression throughout the season, I think Cardiff fans will get behind it massively. I think if you see this this sort of up and down curve that doesn't seem to end. And then again, another season where we tail off towards the end, maybe even regardless of that spike on judgment day. I think that's a bit frustrating. I think so long as there's somewhat of a progression and yeah, I think it's going to be a painful start to the season. Uh, In terms of Europe, I'd love to say European competition come March, April time. And by that, I probably do mean challenge cup after dropping down. Um, I don't see... I don't see Cardiff being competitive this year in the Champions Cup, and I think that's going to be the case for a couple of years for all Welsh clubs, and that's, that's a sad reflection of where the clubs are. But if if they've still got European rugby come March, April time, that's an exciting time for the club. The fans get behind you. You're looking to quarterfinals, maybe even a semi final, and going one well better than Scarlett's last season. But the... The, the things for Cardiff is definitely that. I don't know in terms of a number. Generally, I I'd love to say ninth, ninth, or anything above. I think is a very good season actually for where Cardiff are coming from. Um. Realistically, I honestly think thirteenth is good. Is 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 almost not well. Good is good as maybe an exaggeration, but neutral. I, I worry that Cardiff could be in that 14th, 15th slot. That's my fear for this season. How is it
0: against? 16. Yeah.
2: 16. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think 14, 15. I, I thought I'd added a couple then. <laughs> but yeah, but 17th is a really good season for Cardiff. <laughs> no, no. 14, 15th. I think, I think that is a realistic worry slash. Um, If that is where it ends, that is where it ends. And I don't think, with with Dragons making a couple of new signings and having grown already into Flanagan, with Scarlet's making a couple of stellar signings, with, and as we mentioned previous to the pod, Johan Lloyd is one that I suppose some Cardiff fans will look at as the one that got away being a Glantav Cardiff boy. But there's, and Ospreys, I I struggle to see how they're going to struggle. I I don't see how they're going to struggle too much with that front eight and a decent enough backline that'll do solid work as it does season after season without ever being spectacular. Cardiff fans I think are gonna be have to be realistic. And um yeah maybe third in the Welsh table is achievable and that's have to be something that they aim for.
1: Hmm. So you know I'll throw a real positive note out for you guys in um if you look at the URC table for this year so far, Cardiff are in second because it's because it's in <laughs> yeah. alphabetical order. That was always the
0: way. I couldn't believe they added Benetton. That was
1: they've done it to us. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, bring uh, back to a visa. That's what I yeah. want to say. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but imagine me in zebra. And knowing that even at the start of the season, you're always going to be bottom of the table. So if uh, anywhere above where they start is, is going to be a bonus. So, I, yeah, I, you know, with all the stuff that Cardiff have been through over the last 12 months, really. um, Yeah. Who knows what the end of the season is going to look like. And in a way that's, yeah, that's almost a good thing. That almost it, it makes it worth watching. It gives you the interest. It gives you the, you know, not the what's happening this week, but, but you know, there, there's this constant need. For, there's a constant optimism that stuff's getting better because it's starting from a really iffy place. You know, part-time coaches, a, a new head coach who's never done the role before, a load of new players coming in experienced players that come back from the World Cup those kind of things you know it it throws in a big mix that makes it a really interesting season for Cardiff mm-hmm. and I think you you, you you know everything that you said guys is both right and that who who knows what the season's actually gonna come out like um yeah, there's so much potential there but then there's also a lot of potential for it to go wrong but then that's that's what's going yeah. all over, really. Isn't yeah, it? That's, uh, we 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 could absolutely destroy them, or it could destroy us. So, yeah, we've, we've to, to talk about that. We've I? put our heads
2: on the chopping block with a prediction, then Lee. What, uh, what's what's <laughs> what's yours? How many, many Tannet fans can you anger at the end of this? But
1: yeah, so so I <laughs> uh, I I'll impress you by saying I I genuinely think mid table is. Is doable. I think. Um, I think when you're playing with the freedom to just go and play, um, and, and like you said, added with the expectations are so low that you can just go out there and play. And when you bring in these new players, in, yes, yeah, going to take time, particularly defensively. I think defensively is where it's going to be important. You know, how do you get the defensive systems sorted? I think. In attack, you've got enough there to to actually go out and and put a load of tries on people. So I'm I'm gonna say probably you know ninth or tenth, but then I'm gonna say as well. I, I think you you'll probably be below scarlets and ospreys. <laughs> just <laughs> just just to give you a good bit and then take <laughs> that rug away yeah. from you straight away, like you know. But no, I I, I do. I genuinely think that you guys can. Um, do so much better than the expectations that are, that are out there. And hey, you know, I was a Scarlet supporter last year. I know about low expectations. And, you know, I I know what it's like to go, can we just keep 15 players on the pitch for, <laughs> for a game? You know, when that's your target, then um, you you know that you're in trouble. But calling up yeah. your tall mates to see if they can play a second row for the weekend and, <laughs> keep, and not and not punch them in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think it's you know from from where Welsh rugby is at the minute, it could it could really be an awful season for everybody ahead, or yeah. it could be the start of something. You know, for the next four or five years, this could actually be the start of something good. Um, and I really hope that it's the latter. Uh, I hope we get lots of young players coming through, putting their hands up, showing what's what. You know, when all of a sudden we're sitting there going, well, we used to have, you know, three options at, at Inside Centre in Wales and now we've got six, you know. And then we're starting yeah. to ship players out to English Premiership so they get game time because they can't get game time. over So, you know, there's a lot of potential or it could just implode and, and we're sitting here going... Well, that was fun. <laughs> you know? So I think, boom. I think I expect the Cardiff fans to
2: get back behind Cardiff. That's the that's the one thing I'm excited about is seeing what that response at the start of the season is going to be like. Because mm. you saw against in that Toulouse game, a couple of, I know it was a couple of years ago now, but the amount of fans in the stadium and the the, the buzz around that game, you know, you couldn't get a, you couldn't get a ticket for Love No Money You'd get coming into that like 24 hours before, so. That's the excitement I've got is how the fans are going to get behind the club. And you mentioned playing without expectation and throwing the ball around. Well, that's that's Cardiff for the last three, four, four years. Mm. It's when whenever there's a lack of expectation, Cardiff pulled out these big results. So we just just basically every single week, if there's no <laughs> expectation on Cardiff, storm it, you see winners. But I think I think that's that's the hope is that. Cardiff and you know Scarlett's probably will say similar, but Cardiff especially will we'll want to see attacking rugby and exciting rugby and these young players giving it a go and just expressing themselves and being the Cam Winnets of the
1: world, really. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do, gents, is we'll wrap that one up for this evening there because we've still got plenty of stuff to talk about. So there's when we talk next week we'll talk about the uh warm up game against the scarlets which will be at some point uh next week um we haven't spoken about the new kit uh, kits uh and and things like that and the possibility of uh the the long awaited stadium revamp <laughs> that cool. uh, is is promised so plenty of stuff to talk about and we'll, we'll go into some of the new signings in detail and stuff next week as well but well, that's our first one done gents and uh i've got to say very enjoyable having having done this for the scarlets last year i've got to say you guys are a step up on what we did with the <laughs> scarlets last year we spent the first 10 minutes trying to find where the camera button was and trying to work out why that wasn't actually working so guys it's been a Uh, a pleasure this evening Um, uh, I hope you enjoy the rugby this weekend So we haven't touched on the the worst game this weekend but um, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit next week but all the best enjoy your rugby I'll catch up with you again next week Cheers Lee thank you Cheers all the best Thank you for listening to the Cardiff Central Podcast we hope you enjoyed the show Please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to us as it really helps spread the word. You can find us on all the usual social media channels or email us on Welsh regional rugby pod at gmail.com. And remember, whatever they question is rugby is always the answer.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.